Hey, welcome to Podmas Day 11, the penultimate day. Today I am recording to you um, from my bathroom, so apologies for the sound. Um, although I, I shouldn't really apologise for the sound, whatever. Um, I'm going to do my makeup while I'm talking to you. It's probably the first time I've worn makeup in, I don't know, what it feels like, months. I don't really wear too much makeup anymore. I used to. Um, and sometimes, oh, it's really weird actually, people sometimes, I've always been a massive product junkie, so I, I do know a lot about beauty and makeup and whatever, um, but, and I've always been into products, when I was younger I used to experiment a lot, like everybody does, um, but for some reason people would always say, yeah, you don't ever look like you're wearing makeup, which I used to take as a massive insult. So I'm like, well, I've, I've just spent hours putting my makeup on and you think I don't look like I'm wearing makeup. But I'm just one of those people, I never put enough on. Um, I'm definitely a the natural look, <laughs> which is basically um, looking like you have, you're not wearing makeup. Also, I have um, quite oily skin, so, well, it's actually more dehydrated. It is dehydrated rather than oily, but um, makeup doesn't really stay on my skin the way that it does on people who have dry skin face. Um, and it means I have to wear a lot of primers and make sure that I wear oil-free makeup if I want it to stay on my, on my skin anyway. Wow. This is two minutes of chat about makeup, um, and the prompt is how I encourage diversity. Now, I added this in with not much thought to what I would say, um, which is pretty arrogant, um, I suppose, in a way, or ignorant, I don't know. Um, and as I started to get closer to this day, I, was, I started to feel a bit... Um, I don't know, nervous of what I was going to say because I felt a bit like, well, I'm the one that set this, so I really should um, be the one that encourages the most diversity, which of course isn't true. But um, So I have a complicated re relationship with diversity, I suppose, because I am what is known as white passing. I didn't, I'd never heard of that term until Kate O'Sullivan. Um, told me about it. Um, I look, I can pass for, for being white, but I'm not white. I am half Egyptian um, and, you know, therefore a member of a marginalised community in some sense um, and mixed race. When I was growing up in a very white area, I was regularly called um, racial slurs that um, racial slurs that uh, basically referred to Pakistani people. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, and I was regularly called that. I was a I, my skin was a lot. Um, I think I was a lot more brown then, and also I just was looked a lot different, um, and I still look different. Definitely, but it's just that I now I'm older and live in a more diverse area. 
or certainly when I was in London I didn't I wasn't exotic anymore um but when I was growing up there really wasn't anybody else that looked like me um so and I I remember just desperately wanting to have light skin I hated when we went to Egypt um or anywhere I just hated being out in the sun I hated tanning which is crazy because when I got older I really really yeah I'm a massive sun worshiper now you can't get me out of the sun (laughs) um and I love the fact that I never burn and I go brown straight away um the darker the better so um so yeah so when I was growing up I was very ashamed of that side of my of myself um and particularly that I was half Egyptian and of course after September the 11th and um you know Arabs became persona non grata not that they ever were I think I didn't necess- I didn't necessarily shun that side of myself I didn't celebrate it um although I've always said things like I'm a Palestinian sympathizer and you know 100% would um put myself in the camp of um pro Palestine uh, openly as well I wouldn't say I advocate for any of the Arab um any of the Arab communities in the same way that I advocate for the earth (laughs) or animals, which I suppose in a way is a little bit perverse, isn't it? So when it came to how I encourage diversity and thinking about how I encourage diversity, I wanted to give a little bit of background about me first. Um, And I suppose... I now want to talk a little bit about how I am learning about being an ally and encouraging diversity and how you can too. I have a few different, you know, I think I am very small, but I do have a few different platforms where I can amplify other people's voices. So I... And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you have an Instagram account, a blog, anything, then you're in the same position as me. Um, Whether you're small like me or, you know, you've got a huge platform. What you do with that platform is completely up to you. But I think it's important to say you do have an you do have a responsibility Or you certainly have the means to encourage diversity. Um, But, you know, what that means to you and whether you do it or not is a completely different matter. And uh, firstly, I want to say there's no shame in any of this because I am not even remotely perfect and I don't do it enough to the point where I feel kind of ashamed of myself if I'm completely honest. Um, But one of the things that I have been exploring and doing is um, with the podcast, because I think that is an area where I probably... Well, it's where I have the biggest audience. Um, 50,000 of you listened in the past two months. So that's a big 
that's a big platform to um, share. Like, it's just a big platform. Um, and Instagram as well, I only have 5,000 followers. But it's still, you know, if I've got more than 10, then I have the responsibility to um, be amplifying voices. And both on in- Instagram, I'm pretty... I try to... Okay, this is not perfect how I'm saying this. So, two things that I've done. So, with the podcast, I realised that up until season three, basically no guests were um, people of colour. Or um, differently abled. or And they were all heteronormative. As, and there, were, there was nobody from the LGBTQ community, as far as I'm aware. Um, and... I say as far as I'm aware, because maybe somebody was bisexual or queer and I didn't know about it, or maybe somebody had a neurological disorder and had, and it wasn't open about it or whatever. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just covering uh, like a bit of a disclaimer there that there's certain things that nobody's going to be necessarily aware of because I didn't do a diversity questionnaire for everybody, but. I think I would like to say that it's safe to say that I didn't pick people for the fact that they were representing a certain marginalised community. Um, I just went with the people that were around me and the people that were around me and the people that I'm friends with are all white, straight people. And that, to me, was the biggest realisation, the biggest issue, because we, if you are in an echo chamber of your own making it really is up to you to get out of that because you're never going to see anything different and you're never going to be able to support other people if you're just sat in a white bubble um so I actively decided and it was kind of the guest rota had been sort of done for season three, so I was in a bit of a tricky position in that I had sponsors for season three, so I, I was committed to certain guests. Um, but I made sure that I had, um, I, I made sure that I had a guest who represented a couple of different communities, and that we talked about those things as well. So. Stormy Sunday is a woman of colour. We didn't talk about that at all, actually. Um, we talked about body positivity. But um, Kate O'Sullivan is queer, and we and we specifically talked about LGBTQ, what it means, what it's like to be out online, what it's like to be an ally, because Kate really is just the most tremendous ally. Um, and... I also talked to Rida, who is before and again, and we talked about what it's like to be biracial. Um, and, yeah, so that that was pretty important. Um, and for the seasons moving forward, I want to go much further than that. And I want it to feel a bit more natural as well, because obviously in this season, both Kate and Ridda are my friends, um, and I'll also probably be talking to Rabia. Um, and Instagram is a really good example of where I got myself into a massive hole of really... I'm going to say it, it was boring. 
I all I saw was the same people, the same white women making the same pictures and nothing was inspiring me. And that's not their fault. Um, it's my fault. I, I just, you know, Instagram pushes you into a hole of liking. If you like one picture, they show you similar pictures. Algorithm is designed to keep you looking at little categories, boxes. Um, and it's narrow. It's so, so narrow. So it really is up to you to kind of get yourself out of that and make sure that you're following lots and lots of different things. So I actively, and but the good thing about Instagram is that it's really easy to start actively seeking out and searching different things because, yeah, once you start searching for different things, it will show you different things. So I just really have been doing that. And now when I log onto Instagram and look at my feed and scroll, I see different things. I see lots of different things. And when I'm on stories, I'm not just seeing the same people. I'm seeing lots of different, I'm seeing activists and um, women of colour and um, differently abled people and LGBTQ. And I'm actively seeing different things, which is so important. Um, And a couple of other things that I did was the Rachel Cargill, um, I think it's called Do The Work, I've forgotten now because it was quite a long time ago, um, For and it's for white people, but, um, you know, I straddle both. So um, it's a really, she's got a lot of really good resources for really, really delving into your own white privilege um, because we, if you are white, then you definitely have it. Of course, we all have various different types of privilege or various different advantages or whatever. And it's it's important to dig into that. And then the other thing that I've done is I'm working through Leila Efsad's um, Me and White, White Supremacy book. It's free. It's really good. It's very uncomfortable. Um, but I would highly, highly recommend it. Actually, LUSA covered it. Um, cause she started the hashtag me and white supremacy and then turned it into a big PDF. And the best thing about it is that she's created this because she wants to be a better ancestor and she, and so she's done it for free. Um, and one of the emails, I think it was a couple of days ago, cause I've had this book now for downloaded for about a week, two weeks, um, and she sent a little chaser email of white apathy. Don't don't let this just sit in your inbox. Don't let it sit in your downloads because that is white apathy. And then she gave some various different ways that white apathy shows itself. And I looked down at the list and was like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so it is uncomfortable, but also so necessary. And um, so these are some of the ways that I try to encourage diversity and that I'm trying to work on that in myself. And hopefully I've given you some ideas of how you can too. I hope I haven't rambled on too long or been offensive. But if I have, please call me out on it. Um, Another thing that I did actually was there was a, so the zero waste movement, um, the vegan movement, all of those sort of things. It's very white. Um, And I have applied to be part of a platform called the Ethical Writers um, 
and I was following them and they're quite small. Anyway, I noticed that everybody they shared was white, everybody. And so I messaged them about it and said, I've just noticed that the voices that you amplify are just white women and that doesn't feel good to me because I feel excluded. So I'm sure that other people do as well. And they they replied with the nicest response. It was so not defensive. And then they also put a, a post up asking for people to share other influences of colour, which was so cool because they recognised in themselves that they they don't they aren't representative. Um, so that's something that you can do if you see. If you see a brand that you like, for example, and it only has white models or it only has size 10 models or it only has 25-year-old models, which, let's face it, is pretty much all brands, then you can send them a message and say, and be nice about it. You don't have to be an arsehole, but you can just drop them a message because, for one thing, maybe they're so much in their bubble that they just don't even think about it. And, you, you know... they might be like ethical writers who actually respond and say yep you're absolutely right I'm going to do something about it um yeah don't just don't just sit and feel excluded or erased I mean it's not for me to tell you how to feel but know that you can use your voice and and it should be on those of us who have more privilege to be using our voice more. So white men, you should definitely be doing it, but not many white men listen to this podcast. So white women, yes, you. (laughs) All right, I'm going to end it there. See you tomorrow.